0: I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. This is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who wanna set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, from Colossians 3, one and two, where Paul encourages us to set our minds on things above. Setting our minds on good, beautiful, and true thoughts, on uplifting, encouraging, life-giving, biblically-based thoughts from above is not easy. And that is why we do this podcast provide for you in each episode a thought from above that you can dwell upon so that your heart will be warmed and you will become an epiphany of grace. So here's a question. When you look at your life, what is the greatest opportunity you've ever been given? The greatest opportunity that someone said, Hey, hey, I want you to do this. You are invited to do this. What would that be? When I look at my life, I think of some great opportunities that I've had, some that were kind of accidental. I didn't know, for example, when I came to Friends University that I was going to get to study with Richard Foster. I, you know, that was a, a life-changing thing. Well, it was a great opportunity. I didn't do anything to earn it or deserve it. I found my way to this university and became his student and then was mentored by him. But when I think about my life, I think that was an incredible opportunity. Same thing when I got to study with Dr. Dallas Willard and got to work with him. and He was my Professor, as I was his teaching assistant, and I got to, for seven years, listen to his teaching over and over, read his books. That was an incredible opportunity, a real blessing in my life. And I could go on and on. I'm sure you've had those as well when you, oh, well, I, I went to this church and I listened to this person, or I got to know this teacher and they really had an impact on me. And that was a blessing to you. When I think about the best invitation, the greatest opportunity that any of us have ever been given it comes in these three words when jesus says in matthew 419 these three words come follow me come and follow me it's the greatest invitation in all of history because jesus who is the king of kings and lord of lords the creator of this universe in him all things were made nothing was made without him, and everything is held together by him. That's Colossians 1. That same person, the second member of the Trinity, has invited us into a relationship with him. The life that you really long for, the life that you were made for, is actually possible. But what I've discovered is this, it's possible only if you and I are willing to arrange our lives around the teachings and practices that Jesus himself called us to believe and to do, to be in intimate fellowship with God. That's the thing that is the most exciting, to be in that relationship and to have that impact happen to you and to me. There was a blessing that was popular in the first century. In fact, the people of Jesus day would have known this, this Jewish blessing, and it goes like this: "May you follow your rabbi, drink in his words, and be covered in his dust." It's such a beautiful blessing. You'd say that to someone who, who was fortunate enough to have found a great teacher, and you know, not everybody got to be a disciple of a rabbi. That was you had to be the best of the best of the best. And so but if someone did get that, you would say to them that disciple you'd say oh may you follow your rabbi and just drink in his words and be covered in his dust and that last one be covered in his dust means that you're following so closely behind him that the dust from his sandals has kicked up and has landed on your robe that you you're covered in the, that's how close you are because you're following so closely i just it's such a beautiful image so with that in mind, when Jesus says this these are some of my favorite verses, Matthew 11:28 through 30, when Jesus says, "Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." for my yoke is easy and my burden is light now what's going on in this passage here using phrases that we don't often use take my yoke upon you what is what does that mean for my yoke is easy my burden is light well the word yoke here and it's not yoke like your egg y o l k it's yolk, yoke y o k e which has two meanings actually and one is that it's the kind of yoke you see on two, uh, two animals, like two oxen. And they're yoked together, you know, that wooden apparatus that holds the two animals together so that they're pulling in the same direction. You've increased the, the oxen power, as you will, because they're yoked together. They're doing something together, not separately. So yoke means that, to be united. And then yoke also means to follow the teaching or the yoke of the rabbi. So the rabbi's teaching was also called a yoke. So when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, he means, I think, both things pretty clearly. He means, I want you to be in union with me and to follow my teaching. Because what he's saying is, if we are united with him and we're doing what he said to do, we'll find rest for our souls. Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light now he's contrasting there about a a hard and heavy yoke and that would be he, he didn't he names it it's the yoke of the pharisees because the pharisees teaching as they were working as instructors teachers rabbis they weighed people down with the law you had to keep all of these laws and the Pharisees were very strict. There's 613 commandments in the Old Testament, and they added to them. They added all these other rituals and, and ways you had to be. And they thought that if you just if we kept the law just perfectly, that that the Lord would be happy and would bless us and you know, so forth, the Messiah would come. When Jesus is saying, No, my, my yoke is not like theirs. My yoke is easy. And my burden is actually light. And if you live with me in union with me and do the things that I call you to do, you'll find rest. Rest where? Rest for your souls. Rest for your soul. Isn't that what we long for? Not just physical rest. Many of us are badly in need of more sleep, of more time away so that we can, our, we can physically recharge and rest. But I find more and more people are soul exhausted, just worn out. And I think this is what I've been discovering. I think it has mostly to do with how we view our daily lives. This is how it works for me, for the most part. I'll look at my schedule. And if you're like me, your schedule may look like this as well. I'll, I'll look at my schedule. I see I have these meetings, I've got classes, I've got these projects to do. I'm, if I look through my day and literally on my calendar, I've got different color coded projects and, and events and meetings and things that are planned. And I think about, oh, I've got all these things to do. And then also when I was, when my kids were little, that in itself was something that was a constant preoccupation. I got to make sure my kids are fed. I got to change their diapers. I got to, I got to take them to this thing and be a part of that thing. And you know how, what that's like when your kids are small. So you're constantly seeing your life in a way you could best describe it as compartmentalized. I'm doing all of these things for all these people in events and meetings and projects and grading and you know, teaching all the things that I do. Whatever it is that you do, you're doing all these things, meeting with people on the phone, helping people out in your business. You're doing all that. And then clock out. Now I get a clock out. So now I get to go rest. That's why we have the you know, TGIF, thank God it's Friday, or it's five o'clock somewhere, or now I can go rest. That, that's, I'm working for the weekend. So you do all the all stuff so that you can then get a break. And that compartmentalized way of seeing my life, I lived under the tyranny of that for quite a long time. And, and, and I would notice that there's this kind of bifurcation. Now I'm doing all this stuff for these other people, and then now I'm actually resting. But it isn't the same kind of rest. It's, it's, it, it isn't the kind that is soul rest. I may physically rest in a, a bit, but here's what I've found. When you live with Jesus in, as Dallas Willard called, the fellowship of the easy yoke, you don't compartmentalize anymore. You begin to see everything that you're doing in your life is all one seamless way of being. I'm not just now, oh, now I'm changing a diaper, or now I'm going to this meeting, or now I'm preparing this project. And then I'm going to get some me time later. In a sense, it's all time where you and God are doing things together. That you are doing things, not, not just for someone, but you're doing it, you're, you're in the present moment with that experience that it's, that's happening right now. That was a beautiful moment for me when I began to look at my life as a seamless fabric. I was just moving from one thing to another. Always moving with God in everything that I do. It's the with God life in the strong and unshakable kingdom. God is with me in all that I'm doing. I'm not compartmentalizing, I'm not bifurcating. God is with me in all that I do. And as I've moved into this kind of rest, this kind of rest that Jesus is promising us, I realize that it doesn't mean I don't have any effort, I have more effort. As Dallas Willard said, grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. I don't earn any. I can't earn anything with God. But when I have grace, which is God with me, I can now do things, but I'm doing them with the power of God with me in everything that I'm doing. That's the kind of rest that happens even in the midst of busyness. That's that's the great secret. That's the paradox. I can still do the things that I'm doing, but it's not wearing me out because I'm doing it in the power of God that's why that invitation from Jesus come follow me take my yoke upon you and learn from me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light that's such a profound way of being and the more i live into that the more i experience what paul said in ephesians 3:17 I love this verse so much. Paul says, and I pray that Christ will be more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in him. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your heart, in everything that you do, as you move throughout your day, as you go through the seasons of your life, that Christ would be more and more at home in your heart. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I hope you join me next time. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to the Things About podcast, you can do so on our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. Click the Donate Now button at the top of the page. It's really easy. And it would mean a lot to me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend. And you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind, your answer will be, things above.